Hey guys, this is Yael. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. Welcome to another mini-sode. I want to give you a boost of inspiration, of confidence, of trust, of momentum. I want to be with you multiple times a week. So here we go. I hope you enjoy this mini-sode. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. I want to talk about elevating the workplace. And the reason I want to do this is really because, well, there's a few reasons I want to do it, (laughs) but I'll tell you what kind of prompted it. I don't know if you heard my interview from two Mondays ago with Claire Wasserman. That was um, not this past Monday, but last Monday was Claire Wasserman was on the show. She's the founder of Ladies Get Paid. Um, And that whole interview got me thinking about, you know, we were talking about women in the workplace and some of the gender power dynamics that can be so exhausting. And of course, we talked about much more, but basically we were talking about women in the workforce, right? Women, Women in the workplace. And the other day I was driving around and I was listening to a podcast that I love. It's called Jewish Stories to Inspire. If you don't listen to it, add it to your playlist, okay? But I listened to a story that really triggered something on me that really made me think, okay, we have to balance the conversation. We have to balance the, the message and add another important layer to that conversation, a higher, a more elevated perspective that we, I feel like we always have to have present as Jews. And I want to make sure that my audience gets that, gets that we're not here to just talk about, you know, issues on a surface level, but really how do we, how are we supposed to view these, these as Jews and how are we supposed to react to these? Right. Um, And that is basically in the context of the conversation. And again, you please, please, please go listen to the episode. It's a really, really good episode. But in the context of that episode, it got me thinking about the fact that how our behavior as Jews can have an impact on the entire environment of the workplace or any environment that we're involved in. Right. And so I want to tell you the story, but I, first, before I tell you the story, I'll add to that, that as I was driving yesterday, I was thinking, this is so incredible because it is also a time of year where we're, many of us are sending kids away from home, right? We're, I know I'm sending a daughter away to high school. I know people are sending kids away to university, to college, to yeshivas, you know, leaving home. It's a big transition, right? So it's also important that in that transition, we also kind of prepare our kids. Hopefully we've prepared them throughout life, but there's also that reminder that our children can also elevate the workplace, their environment, their new environment. That's what they're meant to be doing. So let me tell you the story and then we'll put every, all the pieces here together. So this story was told by a Rabbi Meisels and Rabbi Meisels says he runs a school, a university called Sarah Schneer, right? And they would basically, they offer undergraduate, graduate and postgraduate degrees to observant Jews, right? Jews who keep Torah mitzvot, and they do so in partnership with many universities across the nation. So great. So this man, because of the nature of his career, he's constantly in contact with um, 
deans and higher level administration um, of these universities that they partner with. And he very often, of course, has to explain what it means to be an observant Jew and what are the different mitzvot and what are the different sensitivities that an observant Jewish person might have. Like, for example, not picking up the phone on Shabbat or needing to leave early or not having a team meeting, right? Or students not shaking hands with members of the opposite gender, um, or men wearing a kippah or tzitzit, and some women, perhaps if they're married in the classroom, covering their hair, some women dressing more, you know, modestly, right? So all of these things, maybe not, not reading certain books or, you know, so all of these types of sensitivities, days they have to take off from class or submit um, classwork, you know, at a different time or things like that, right? So he has to cover all these issues. And, you know, in some of these universities, he does sensitivity trainings for the staff. And I thought that was brilliant because, I mean, I think it's just brilliant, right? Um, But so sometimes it has to do the sensitivity training, sometimes for the entire staff, sometimes just for higher staff. So this one time he was telling the story that this one time he was in a university in the Midwest and it was in a place where um, there weren't any Jews, like in this campus, there wasn't even like a Hillel on campus, like really a place where they, you know, there wasn't really a major Jewish presence or, you know, not even, a, you wouldn't call it even a minor Jewish presence. So, but they, but they, nevertheless, uh, they, they had brought him in with a colleague to, they needed to do some work. And among the work that they were going to do with this, it was not the entire staff, but like higher, you know, higher deans of departments and things like that, the very, like the top of the university, they were going to do a, a couple hours of sensitivity training. So he's doing the sensitivity training. It's going great. And after an hour and a half, they take a break. They're going to move to the next thing or whatever it is. And again, the staff was very unfamiliar, but everything's going great. They're very receptive and so on and so forth. And he, they break. And at the break, one of the, one of the people in the, in the, in the presentation, in the, in the, I guess, in the meeting approaches him and says, oh my gosh, this is great. Um, I'm really enjoying your presentation. I want to tell you, I also have a friend who is an observant Jew. He's my really, really good friend. And so Rabbi Maisels is like, oh yeah, so tell me about him. And he's like expecting like, you know, something like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, like he's really not expecting that he, that he is indeed like such an observant person. But then he says, oh yeah, no, my friend, he, um, he, he, sh- he showed me around all the kosher eateries and he's like, oh, so he's really observant. And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and let me tell you something that this friend of mine did that really made an impact. I used to actually work in his department because I ended up becoming a professor and, and, and work in this department. So this, this Jewish observant man became, I guess, was one of the deans, one of the higher ups. And this man who's sharing the story ended up working for his professor. Eventually he became a professor, professor himself. I was part of this department. So he says, I used to, I ended up working in that department. And every Friday, my friend, this Jewish professor, um, he would do something incredible. What was it? What was it? So there was a standing meeting every Friday. There was a team meeting. It was, you know, all hands on deck. There was a team meeting set for every Friday afternoon. So my professor, he didn't work on Friday afternoons. He needed to leave around midday. But every single Friday, he would bring a box of donuts for the entire staff. And, you know, you know, when you're in the meeting and you're sitting there and you're eating your donut at the meeting, it's hard to be upset at the guy who needs to leave early or needs to leave halfway through the meeting. Right. So this Jewish man had a way to make sure that there was no tension or resentment. Right. Like, so it was really, really nice. 
But the story doesn't stop there. Even there, it's already like you can see like the person is going out of his way to making sure that, you know, there's peace in the environment. But he says, I have to tell you something else. That's not it. I've been in academia for 40 years and I've worked in this college and that college and that university. He starts naming all the universities, a list of places where he's worked to rally myself. And he said, but his department, the department of this Jewish observer man, was by far the nicest place I've ever worked in. I says, why? What? Like, really? That's incredible. Wow. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because he had a standing rule and he reminded us of that rule all the time. And the rule was, you can talk about any problem. You can talk about any issue, but you can't talk about another person. You can't talk about others. So Rabbi, in this department, he says, there were no rumors. There were none of that, like, you know, water cooler kind of talk and that backstabbing and that undermining that's so common in so many of these workplaces because he didn't allow it. And you ask today anyone who worked in that department, who worked for this Jewish man, and they'll tell you that was the best department that we've all ever worked at. And so when you came in here today, he tells the rabbi Meisels, when you came today to deliver your presentation, to train us, to work with us, I saw you come in and I saw you with your kippah and with your tzitzis. And I see that you have your kosher food. And I thought to myself, again, I want to work with people like that because I know it's going to be good. I know that's going to be something that everyone is going to love. And Rabbi Meisel says, he, I was, he says, I was just blown away. This is 25 years prior. This is 25 years ago that this man, this professor, we don't have a name for him. This professor was careful with Shabbat and he was careful with creating a positive environment um, and treating everybody nicely and making sure that there was no slander, no, no bad mouthing, no talking, you know, slander about others. And this had such an impact on so many people 25 years ago that this man still says, wow, when I see a Jew like that, I want to work with people like that. I know it's good. That was such a good place to work. I know there's good in there. I know that it's a place, it's going to be an environment that I'm going to love. And it's such an important thing for us to reflect on as we're having a conversation. Again, going back to that episode, we're talking about women in the workplace and all the issues that happen in the workplace. But I think it's just so important for us to reflect upon this because that when we behave as Jews, when we behave like Jews should, and we go into work environments, professional environments, and the world at large, really, our behavior can really elevate that environment. Really, we can set the tone and it's a higher tone. And it's so interesting because, oh, thank you for the hearts. And it's so interesting because it made me reflect on the fact that, yeah, I shared with Claire, I shared with all of you on the episode, like I also had some incidents and, you know, a lot of things that, you know, kind of like very typical corporate, corporate America things. But post that, after I became religious, I became religious much later in life in my twenties. Um, hey, Tanya, post that I, um, I've worked with many people on the, of the upper gender and projects and different organizations and I've never experienced a lot of what Claire and I described. It could be related, could be not. I want to say it's related. But the point being here, let's bring it back to us. The point is that I think we don't have to worry so much about discrimination and things like that. 
as much as we have to make sure that we're making a Kiddush Hashem, a sanctification of God's name, because when we are, it not only elevates us, but it creates a beautiful aura, a beautiful sense of attraction, a positivity. Like, I want to be that. I want to be near that person. I want to be part of this. And it's so interesting because it reminds me of what we learned in the gate of trust. Whoever is here listening, who learned with me knows this. We learned in, I think it's chapter five of the Sharabitachon of the gate of trust. Rabbi Nubachia talks about the fact that a, a, a person who masters trust, a person who trusts in God, really, it's, it's, he's like a magnet. Like he, he, people are attracted to him because he has such a self-confidence and, and people know he exudes that tranquility and that, that energy of I'm here for you. Like I'm here fully present in the relationship. Like I'm not here to take from you. I'm not here to use anyone. I'm not here to advance. I'm not here to gain favor. I'm not here to ingratiate myself with anyone. Nothing. I, I have whom I trust. <laughs> I have my trust. I don't, when I'm in a relationship, I'm in it for the relationship, not for what I can get out of it. None of that, right? I'm here present doing what I need to do. I'm making this world a holier place, a more refined place, a more elevated place, right? With other human beings. And that's what we should be focusing on. That's what we should be doing. And it really reminds me of two other stories I want to share with you. I, I have a good friend who years ago, um, she used to work actually for a Chabad rabbi and she always shares a story. It's so beautiful for me to hear because she says like, and she's one of my, um, I teach, a, I've been teaching a group of ladies in Spanish for many, many years. And she says that she used to work in this Chabad office. Um, and she says, girls, you don't understand. Every morning I would go in and every morning the rabbi would say hello. And he would thank me for being there. He would thank me for being at work today. And he would leave and he would thank her. And she'd always been like, she, she says, I, I was always so shocked and so impressed with this. Like, I'm here to do my job. Why are you thanking me? I probably should be thanking him, right? I don't deserve a thank you for here being here. I mean, I'm getting paid to be here, right? And yet every day he would thank me for coming to work. And that left such an impression on this woman. It's such a beautiful story. And, and she's very become very, very spiritually connected, very much so. But it, it's just for me, like she always repeats that story as something that's just marked her so profoundly, right? The different from, again, she's moved into many other different workplaces, but she, she just remembers that, that, that feeling of being appreciated and being thanked for being here. She, just, she says, I've never experienced that elsewhere. And I also think about the fact that, you know, I was very young, I was in my twenties and I had become more observant at that point. And I decided to go to business school. And I have to, I have to admit when I went to business school in NYU, I, I, I was a little nervous of, you know, coming now coming, you know, I had already navigated the workplace and, you know, actually I, I should tell you this, not only had I navigated it, but I did feel that sense of respect and that sense of like, I don't know, like there was, there was an elevation. There was something different that started to go on. The more I became more observant and kind of the boundaries that were set and, and the relationship with my peers at work, I definitely could feel, I don't know how to explain it tangibly. I've heard it from other women as well, but nevertheless, I was still a little nervous that now I was going to go to grad school. And I was kind of like, have to readjust myself into, let's say like student life and all the dynamics that I knew from, you know, being in university. Um, 
but now being fully observant. And especially because grad school revolves around a lot of teamwork, like literally business school in particular, like there is very little time where you're working on your own. You have you get put in these teams. Like there's a lot of team, you know? And so, you know, knowing what was coming, navigating the fact that I can meet on Friday afternoons, I can meet on Saturday. I have holidays that, you know, we all know sometimes very inconveniently, they fall on a weekday, right? (laughs) There's a holiday again, right? Um, And all these things. And then there's a lot of mingling and networking that is kind of like the environment of business school. And Whatever. I navigated that. I went through two years and I'm standing at graduation. And at graduation, one of my really, really, really good friends, also a Latin lady from Peru, I never, I'll never forget. She tells me, Yeah, I just, I want to tell you, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. So, what can you believe? I said, I'm so proud of you. I said, Well, I'm so proud of you. Like, yeah, here we are. We did it. She says, No, no, no. You don't understand. You don't understand. I don't, I didn't think you were going to make it. I said, What do you mean? Says, yeah, Elle, I thought you were the weirdest thing ever. Like you came here, you come to NYU. This is such a cutthroat environment. You, you don't show up for team, you know, like you, you couldn't do the same amount of work that we had to do. Actually, she and I were hard. I don't think we ever, ever placed in a, we, we worked together, but independently, but we weren't placed in groups, but she knew what was going on. She knew that I had certain very clear boundaries. You couldn't eat with us all the time. You didn't go to all the networking events. You didn't all the mingling. You didn't go to so many of the team meetings with your teams. It was so hard to navigate it. I thought there was no way this girl's making it. And yet here you are today. We're standing all together and you made it. And she said, I, <laughs> I have to say in Spanish, I said, Te felicito, amiga. She's so cute. She says, I congratulate you, my friend. And she was so sweet, but she said, I've never seen anything like it. I've never met anybody like you. And that obviously always stuck with me like, oh my gosh. And here I was so worried, right? And that's, you know, that's just one little story, right? But it's so interesting because nothing is by chance. Nothing is by chance. Everything is divine providence. As I was, th- I was, listening to the story, like I told you, that that prompted me to come and talk about this. And I connected it with Claire's interview with Claire, Claire Wasserman. I'm like, what's this week's Parsha? What's this week's Torah portion? Oh, it's Re'eh. See. It means to see, right? Because it starts with a verse, see, I'm giving you today a blessing and a curse, right? So what is this all about? What is the Torah demanding us to see? On the one, on the one, on one level, on the one hand, on one level is like, that awareness of a higher authority, right? Like I always tell you, I always tell my audience, like we have a creator, right? We're ta- just talking about trust, right? Trusting whom? In the one above, in the creator of the world who's enlivening us, who's with us every day, who's bestowing us with kindness constantly, right? So having that awareness, right? That this is not for naught, that we have a creator and we have a mission, right? But it's not, it's more than that. It's it's not just appreciating the value of that blueprint for life that he's given you, the value of keeping the mitzvot, right? It really is, what is that we see is that one sees the necessity and the positive impact, the positive results of observing the mitzvot, of doing the right thing. It becomes as self-evident as seeing a physical object, as seeing like this table right in front of me, right? So what's the bottom line? So it was so interesting for me to see, oh my goodness, that's what it's all about, right? Yes, we can have these conversations. Yes, we can. We know we're aware that there are issues in the workplace and there's much to be improved. But really, 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 if we go deeper, 
what is it that we need to be really concerned about? We don't have to be concerned about the discrimination, the bias, the boundaries, the politics. The only thing we have to be really concerned about is to be a good representation of God in this world, in this workplace that I'm put in, right? In this moment, in this environment, in this world. That's how we elevate every workplace, every place, every moment, and ultimately the whole entire world. That's it, my friends. That's the higher perspective. We can't lose that. We got to tune in. We got to plug in. We got to plug in that there's a higher reality. There's a higher, deeper way to look at everything. And with that, we stay here, right? Like I always tell you, we got to stay plugged and be able to see it. Hey, ladies, I hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. Please leave a review on iTunes. I hope this was uplifting, inspiring, refreshing, and that you have an amazing day.